So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to For F1's Sake, the podcast that has a brand new format from 2016. Oh, sorry, he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> we started, sorry, I was, I was logging into my phone to get the note. <laughs> it's a good start. It's going to be a long night. Welcome to For F1's Sake, the podcast that can't have a new format for 2016 because of software issues. Well, that doesn't seem very likely. No, I think it seems fair. It's very complicated software. Welcome to For F1's Sake, the podcast that is going to only have the last bit in a new format for 2016. I'm starting to get confused. Why would it only be a bit of what they said? That doesn't make any sense. Welcome to For F1's Sake, the podcast that will actually have the new format for 2016. It said it would be in the first place. Well, it's a good job we're not made to look unprofessional by all our silly meanderings. I'm Tikarez, and we're talking about the second week of F1 testing in Spain. Full starts, more silly rule debates, halos and arguments. It's just another week at the circus. 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 With me is a man who's dying both inside and out. It's Terry Saunders. Hi, everybody. Hi, Terry. Loud noises. I went drinking on a school night and uh, (laughs) feel a bit peaky. We're quite strict about early nights before for F1's sake. It was very early in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) And what have you been up to? Well, today I ordered a burrito and it was the most thrilling and terrifying moment of my young life so far. I went to a place near where I'm working. You know, like when you go to Subway, there's like they, one person takes your order, starts the bread, and the next person puts the salad in. Mm. At this burrito place, I got served, and I'm not joking, by seven people in three seconds. First one said, what do you want? I said, a burrito. Second one said, what meat? Pass the wrap under, put the meat on. Third one was like, what sauce do you want? Hot meat and curl for? Fourth one said, do you want cheese? Fifth one said, do you want guacamole? And I was just there, and I was so hungover. I was just there going, tell me what to say. <laughs> I can't move quick enough. I'm really scared. And I just, they gave me the burrito, and I was just like on the floor, weeping and rocking. <laughs> apart, apart from the weeping and rocking, I've got visions of an F1 pit stop. It did feel like a, I felt like what it must be. It must. I've never really realised how traumatic it must be for the driver. <laughs> They're not hungover, Terry. 
Well, <laughs> well, I, I can think of at least one that probably is. But even so, it's just, you know, they've been on their own, kind of on the track on their own, having a little nice time, and they come in, and suddenly there's like eight people just jumping on them, going, do you want guacamole? It's one pound extra. And you're like, well, this is already seven quid. This oh, no, do you want some tires? Maybe it's a few. Well, thanks. Oh, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Gotta wipe your face. <laughs> and she went, go to till three. And I was like, there's no numbers. It's very confusing. And I think I've still got something stuck in my teeth. And Phil Tromans is also here. Is that all the intro I get? Yeah. I With our standards of falling apart. <laughs> yes, hello. Uh, so now let's go on to Listener's Corner. Is, are we, is that what, is are we that sticking what from- with corner? Can we, I mean, which corner? Turn one. Lesbo. Mo. Shit. Turn two. <laughs> it is Lesbo, not Lesbo. I was trying to think, don't say Lesbo. We'll call Lesbo. it Lesbo Corner and that's it. All right. Lesbo. <laughs> After the corner in Monza. Oh, I always do that. Oh, what about one in Turkey that everyone loves? Turn eight. Turn eight. Turn eight, Turns where the listeners contribute. Now, we all know that every driver in Formula One is an absolute angel, but now they're getting their own halos. Well, we we're talking, of course, about the new, the big new safety device. Mm-hmm. For anyone who hasn't seen it, so in, in the wake of people getting hit on the head and crashing into things and being horribly injured and or dying, <coughs> which I'm sure we can all agree is something we'd rather avoid, uh, there's a new safety device introduced. Um, the FIA has been trialling several different designs over the last year or so, and they've come up with this... Uh, well, they're calling it Halo. It's basically like a sort of big ring of carbon fibre that sits atop the cockpit, and everyone has rightly pointed out that it makes it look like a sort of flip-flop. I, I would say, actually, there's a better description to be had of it. But for this, we have to picture the scene. Imagine it's the Monaco Grand Prix weekend, and you find yourself drinking champagne on a yacht, and you're there going, this is exciting, I'm at the Monaco Grand Prix on a yacht. What? I never thought this would happen. And you remember, you're only here because you're you're an attractive young lady in a bikini, and you've been. You, you've I'm, been I'm an attractive young lady. All of us, we're all attractive oh, okay. young ladies <laughs> yeah. in a bikini, so far, yeah. drinking champagne, and we've only got this quote free ticket for the Grand Prix because our host Flavio Briatore has said, uh, "Come with me, ladies," and uh, I'll uh, <laughs> in his in his accent, it's uncanny. Come with me, ladies. <laughs> And uh, I'll show you a good time. Deptford's finest, Flavio Briatore. <laughs> yeah, and we're there, and we're thinking to ourselves, do you know what? I can maybe, I can maybe give him a quickie just for, just for this. And he turns around, and he says, "Oh no, we're out of ice." And he goes to bend down to the, where the ice is kept. And as he bends down, you see the top of his g-string come oh, up no. over his jeans. Oh God. That's what the halo looks like. Oh, Flavio's thong. Yep. Well, I'm sure they'll end up calling it that. So anyway, yeah, that's on top of the Ferrari car for for a a bit of testing. Okay, so let's. This is what people think about it. Rick Preston said, "Horrible. Possibly wouldn't have saved Massa from the spring. Wouldn't have saved Bianchi's life. Nor would have saved Henry Surtees as the stray wheel landed on top of his head." Stupid idea. I think it might have saved him. Yeah, I think Surtees it might have helped, and also um, Justin Wilson in IndyCar as well, who had a very similar thing where they had. Wheels fly off another car and twat him in the head. Um, I mean, it would, be, so, it would be sod's law in Formula One that if they brought this in, the first thing that would happen would be something that would just totally miss the halo and hit the helmet. That would just kind of. Well, I mean, it's only going to stop big things unless uh, they're just extremely lucky that something smaller happens to hit the very thin bit of carbon fibre. I can see it would possibly stop cars sliding up the nose and going over the top, and it would stop tyres hitting people. But yeah, it wouldn't stop springs, wouldn't stop other smaller bits of debris. I think anything that's going to stop 
maybe like one in a hundred deaths is worth putting there because you don't wear a bicycle helmet because it's definitely going to save your life. There's a chance that if you've gone on top of a bike and, you know, there's a very high chance you could get killed. Not all bikes fall off, I might add. But, it, you know, if it could save your life, I think it's totally worth having that. But it doesn't. It's not as simple as that, though, because I mean, a there's a variety of different options of this, of which this is just one, and obviously this comes with problems of its own. For example, if there's a big accident, somebody needs to get the driver out of the car quickly. This is going to make it more difficult to get them out of the car. A friend of mine works on the extrication team uh, in Abu Dhabi. He's uh, sort of in charge of training all the guys to, to get people out of the car, and he's very dubious about this because he's like, this is going to make our job much more difficult. So if somebody needs to come out of the car quickly and there's a massive great cage over the top of it. What happens then? Can they so this, this seems to me to solve a couple of issues, but raise a load more. Friend of the corner, Andreas Lafors, simply says, why not have a windscreen? It's another option. I mean, could there possibly be a, a, a bit more of a visibility issue if you actually have something physical between the driver's well, eyes? Well, they've done some research. They've done like a canopy idea, like a jet engine, jet fighter canopy. And apparently there's a real issue with distortion that you don't get on a jet fighter because you don't have to deal with things up close if you're in a jet fighter because, you know, you're in the air, you're flying very fast and things are a long way away. You're mostly looking at a head-up display or something. Exactly. So they're saying that actually there's a lot of distortion. But I mean, and again, you've st- again, you've got the, you know, the more stuff you have over the top of the driver, the harder it is to get them out of the car in the event of an accident. Unless they have an ejector seat. Good. Like a proper I mean, this is something I don't feel that they've investigated enough yet. I just, I, I just want to see the tests. I would imagine really that Bernie would want people just to randomly eject throughout the race. He just press a button. The tail's in a tree. Like the, the fan boost thing in Formula E. <laughs> like the driver they like the least gets ejected halfway through the race. So the drivers, as keen fans of our podcast, um, haven't obviously shown any opinion to us. But do you know what they think? Yeah, well, they've, they've, uh, the, the various media that the Barcelona test have been talking to some of them, and it seems to have divided them pretty much down the middle. Fettel says uh, he thinks it would have saved the life of Justin Wilson and Henry Surtees, but he says he doesn't think he looks very nice. Rosberg really likes it. He would, Ra- he? Raikkonen that was really puts me off it if Rosberg likes it. <laughs> <laughs> Raikkonen was the first one to try it, and he said the visibility was actually quite okay. So there's a which few is, people who are like, yeah, no, we like it, it's good. Which is weird, because it's got... It, it, the main pillar is right in front of their faces, yeah. but because they don't have to look that close, you don't notice the middle bit. Yeah, it's I mean, maybe it's because it's like literally between their eyes, albeit yeah. a little bit further away. It's not, it's not quite as intrusive as they thought. However, Lewis Hamilton said it looked terrible, quote, the worst looking mod in F1 history. And he said he hopes that it's optional. Like he's, he, doesn't, now, he doesn't want it on his car. Now, this really annoyed me today <coughs> because I thought, like, he cannot say that because it looks bad. He, he shouldn't have it. If, it, if it's got any other justifiable reason, like, it, you know, they can't get them out of the car, fair enough. But it's just the fact it doesn't look nice. Like, I cycled to work and your hair doesn't look nice, all right? I think your hair looks lovely. Thank you. Well, how fast do you cycle to work, then? Really, really fast. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, where, where do you draw the line with this kind of stuff? I mean, do you instigate every single possible safety thing and damn the looks? In which case, why don't we just get rid of the drivers entirely and go back to the thing we were talking about in the last podcast of just having driverless cars? Why don't we just put them all in Volvos? Why don't we take? Why don't we come back to groove tyres and have them going slowly? Why don't we ban overtaking in case they crash into each other? Yeah, but people die. It's motorsport. It's a dangerous, it's dangerous. sport. It says in the back of the ticket, motor racing is dangerous. Indeed. What I object to is the fact they used a prototype part to test it, 
and they already had three bloody sponsors on it. It's like, it's, come on, it's a safety device. I mean, it's F1. They'll, they'll no. slap a sponsor on anything. It's, it's just like, it's, it's like a, a turd has rested on the circuit and the sponsor flies have gathered around and gone, oh, there's a bit of space we could put our name on. And Ewan McMorrow says, up until now, what has been the best and the worst qualifying format in Formula One? Right, well... There's been many. I mean, uh, the worst one that springs to mind was 2005, I think, where they did the aggregate over two days so let's, for let's, about half a season before they decided it was terrible. Let's take it back. So in the 80s and the early 90s, Chica, this is going to be news to you, um, they had a thing called pre-qualifying. Have you heard of that? Oh, yes. Never. So imagine this. Back in the day when Ronald Reagan was president and Donald Trump was just a millionaire, um, there was about 35 cars entered for any given Formula One weekend and a grid of only 26. So a bunch of teams would travel all the way across the world and on Friday have pre-qualifying and only the top 26 would go into qualifying on a Saturday. So there would be about nine or ten cars each weekend that would travel to the race and not get to race. Can you even imagine that now with a kind of... We've only got a grid of four cars and three of them are borrowed. <laughs> so that was... Well, if fairness back then, chances are quite a lot of them were probably vaguely local anyway because they didn't all enter the whole season, did they? True. They'd, they have, they'd have a few locals who'd sort of come up and try their luck. Yeah, yeah. So then... But then the qualifying format was... Wasn't there two qualifyings on a Saturday? Wasn't it like they had like a long session? Yeah, didn't they like do one hour? with one? Didn't they do one with free fuel, and then one with race fuel or something? Yeah, I'll be honest. It's so long ago, I can't what actually remember. What was this remember. like for the viewer, though? Oh, oh Dollars Ditchwater. Oh. And how, well, of course, obviously the TV coverage was wildly different then. It was more like Des Lynham would I, be on grandstand and go, "We're going to go to the Formula One because there's something happening," and they do like a few minutes of it, and then they go back to the golf. Or something. It didn't. It wasn't very TV friendly, was it? Which might be why they changed that. I mean, I honestly yeah. can't remember. It was so long ago, and I was only young. But. It was really dreary. It was just like an hour practice session, but the time was <coughs> counted. It was not exciting. So then they changed it to a kind of more. I think they got it all onto a Saturday. They just went right. We're going to do qualifying on a Saturday. There's an hour. Whoever's the fastest, that's the order. No tire nonsense. No fuel nonsense. And they had. That, and this was back in the day when they had qualifying engines. They had a special engine. <laughs> Which, just, actually, I thought, think is awesome. That they would just crank up. When was this? Oh, this is the 80s. Late 80s, early 90s. They were a special engine just for qualifying and special tyres that would only last one lap. And this, it's, uh, quite often the most the, extravagant. Quite often the engines would only last one lap yeah, as well because yeah, they, they cranked them up so high. Stupidly fragile, fast engines. All they had to do was get around one lap and then if they blew up, it didn't matter. There was none of this kind of... You've got to start the tires, the race on these tires, or they got the fuel, all these other things. It was just drivers driving in a specially souped-up car as fast as they could go, and there was no three sessions. There was no people dropped out. It was the fastest car. Now this is like the Senna era, where it was just like whoever can push their car around the fastest will nail it. So you're saying it was better? I think that was better, but not yeah. as good for the viewer. It was longer and a bit more boring. Well, I, I think, think it was. It, yeah, they, they, like if it rained, it caused all sorts of bother and yeah. stuff like that. So then but, they had um, some format changes, and then there was one in the 2000s where they didn't they all have to go and do a lap each? Wasn't that the thing? Just, what, just one hot lap? I yeah, think they, there wasn't there one where they they did like best of 12 or something. I had just, a thing where they had I'm, to go out. I'm on order. the internet right now. So they go like, okay, Alonso, your turn, and he'd go and do a lap because the idea was to make it more exciting so that each 
you'd follow each I'm, I'm again in, in theory in favour of that I, again I forget what it was like but it's a bit like it's basically rallying it was basically you know you go I think that's a, I go. think that's a good idea I think it was just a bit boring I think it, like now you know there'll be a, a few corners you'll get three times coming it's in so in complicated though but now the new format which no one understands the musical chairs format yeah. also can I ask a really stupid question yeah. I've been wondering for a while is it better to have more laps or faster laps in what sense in this qualifying the new one well, yeah. uh, well this one well no it's, no, it's no, basically it's you just want to be faster than the person you just want to be uh, not the slowest because yeah, if you're the slowest you're out and then towards the end you want to be the fastest they always say that people have got loads of laps that's really good I honestly don't understand this new one so they, they're all running around and they have to run around for the whole but they session. just keep going uh, what tyres are they on do they get the choice of tyres choice I don't know Surely they they're they're I mean, surely they're allowed to come in and gonna... change something, are they? Or they're just running as but then in. Then what if they come in and change and they go, well, "You're the slowest because you're." Stopped. Or what if there's a what if there's a, an That's... accident? There's a yellow flag or a red flag. Do they what can they come halo in then? Coming off. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It just seems overly complicated. And anyone trying, I mean, they should be trying to get new viewers in because they're hemorrhaging viewers all over the world. I mean, if we don't understand it, having been following F1 for thirty odd years, what chance has somebody new to it got? I like the idea of just like right, let's say reverse grid order from the previous race. They go out. They get one lap. That's it. On a Saturday. Bang. Right. You're up. One lap. If you get it right, brilliant. If you fuck it up, tough shit. You start from near the back. And at least that'll inject a bit of, whoa, what's going to happen on Sunday? And likewise, if the weather changes or the, the circuit rubbers in a bit, then the later people who would have been slower in the last race might get a bit of an advantage, might get a disadvantage. Who knows? Gives a bit of unpredictability, but it's still based on speed and getting it all together for one lap. But there was one where they had to, they had to qualify on their race fuel which meant that the, the final part of qualifying was always really weirdly slow because they all had their race. Well, didn't that, didn't that come from the thing in 2005 that I was trying to remember earlier where they, they did low fuel qualifying on the Saturday and then they did race fuel qualifying on the Sunday and then they aggregated the times of both oh, of them. Yeah. It was just monumentally dull. So that's the worst. Ewan, what have you started? Okay, we have actually just had a tweet in from Sam. Oh, live tweeting. A live tweet. That's how, that's how on it we are. Um, it says, what's wrong with Grosjean off-track adventures and break-by-wire probs? Has he hurt his Haas on that curb? Terry. Well, Haas seems to have uh, used up all its beginner's luck and they had a car that was all working perfectly and then they caused three red flags in one day because Grosjean's car just kept braking and it turns out it wasn't braking or it's braking too much what if the brakes but, but go how are you spelling braking here exactly because surely you don't want it to break it broke but it also braked but it didn't break oh I'm so confused it broke and basically the problem was the brake by wire ooh braking bad and the wire that's like two programs anyway I think I answered that question okay and um, finally, Neil Cole says, I love the municipal skate park analogy for Toro Rosso. That was on the last podcast, if you remember. Also, I think we should say house like Ray Winston saying house. 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 You, you don't know who Ray Winston is? No. He's a big bloke. He's boost like that. Yeah. He'd say house. <laughs> Kellogg's Octavita. Him. Okay. So house it is then. Yes. Can we do other teams in the same way? Saba. <laughs> Saba. <laughs> okay, if you've got your own question, please tweet us at for f one sake, or you can find us on Facebook where where we're FF1S. FF1S. <laughs> Okay, let's round up testing. Terry, I think you've got that for us. 
Well, of course, the first thing we need to realise about testing is that all times are meaningless, and therefore the order they come in doesn't really matter. Um, secondly, I think the names are meaningless. So what we got, we've got the orders, we've got... You know how they abbreviate the names in Formula 1 to get the first three letters? I've just gone with them and I've run with it. So, some of the t- testing results are as follows. Um, coming first was Ros to, to finish second. See where I'm going here. Uh, bottom of the nearly men, followed by Alone at the back. Reigning men and Kavita, my heart, was followed by Hamel, comma, Mark. Verity, my dear, was followed by Hull. And then Nasty and Magazine Centrefold of the Week, with Guttermouth bringing up the rear and Harbinger of Doom last. Another day's testing was uh, Red Against the Man, followed by Masturbate, Holm, and Vern, weirdly. Rosas, followed by Nasal, Aloe Vera, There in the World, PC Veld, <laughs> followed by Crybaby, Crybaby, Pal, Stroke, NTSC, Ham Sandwich, and Groucho Marx was Groucho I like in the end. Right, so let's start with Mercedes. So Mercedes have been on the more smug side of confident this week. Everything seems to be going right for them. And then Hamilton stopped on the track on Friday and got Mercedes' first ever red flag in testing. Is it first ever red flag in testing or ever? Oh, it's the first one they've caused, probably. I mean, it's not not like they've been given a flag against their name. So neither of you know. Carry on. I do know. And it was the first time Mercedes have ever stopped testing through a dodgy car. Okay, brilliant. And it was because of a transmission problem. Transmission. Um, However, they did really well. They're really fast. But not, let's not forget their drivers hate each other. So yeah. it's not great, is it? And we all hate one of their drivers. <laughs> Which one? Ah. <laughs> okay. Tune in throughout the season. See if you can figure it out. First of all, can you answer the question, what is a transmission problem? Uh, transmission no. problem is a problem mm-hmm. with the transmission. Mm-hmm. So transmission is a flaky, vague area. Yeah. Where, so you've got the engine, brum, brum, brum. Yeah. And you've got the wheels. Terry, rum, rum. <laughs> Sorry. So the, you mean Sorry the roundy roundies? So you've got the engine and then you've got the wheels. And the transmission is the bit in the middle. It's the gearbox, basically. Oh, no, it's the I gearbox. I thought it was the radio. No, that's no. transmission. No, I mean, the radio transmits. But no, when they're talking about a transmission problem, they, they mean there's a problem with the gearbox. Okay. So anyway, I mean, that was basically the only blip of their entire two weeks, wasn't it? They were miles faster than everybody else, yeah. even on lesser tyres. They didn't even use the soft tyres. It was like they took the soft tyres... you mean the softs, or do you mean the super softs? Or the ultra softs? Or the ultra softs. They, they, or the magna softs. It was... It was like <laughs> it was like they took the the ultra soft tires out on a date and then just ignored them and spoke to their friends all night and didn't even buy them a drink. You're looking quite yeah. wistfully into the past. He's had well, experience of this. Yeah, I was going to say this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought well, it, it turns out it wasn't a date, but you know, I really thought. Do you want to come for a drink with me? Yeah, all right, let's do that. And then you know, oh, he's my friends. Where are your friends? Oh, I thought this was a date. Okay. That's how I met my wife. Phil, last week you said that you thought Hamilton was going to be this season's champion. Do I you did. still stand by that? Yes, I do. I will put five English pounds on it right no. now. Five of Her Majesty's pounds. Who's who's going We've to take that bet with recorded. me? Who's going to take the bet though? I will. Right. Oh, well, you've got to you've got to give someone else. Your odds are um, one to one. And you've got to pay tax on the bet. I, I don't, I'm not a betting man, so I don't know how this works. If, if he doesn't win, do I have to give you five quid? Yes. And surely, if he does win. surely you have to make a punt on the other way, don't you? Okay, I bet that Hamilton will win this year's championship. Hang on a second. <laughs> we need to get some sponsorship from a betting company because I don't understand how this works. Basically, if Hamilton wins, yeah. you give me a fiver. Right. And if Hamilton doesn't win, yeah. you have to give me a fiver. Shit. <laughs> 
This, kids, is why you should never gamble. <laughs> yeah, don't gamble. The house always wins. The house always wins. Kellogg's Octavia. <laughs> <laughs> right, what about Ferrari? Could these guys actually be a threat to Mercedes? Probably not. But Raikkonen set the fastest time of testing so far. Despite their improvements, they're the most unpopular team at the moment because any team with a Ferrari part has broken this week. But to distract people from this, they premiered, as we said, their Halo Carbon Fibre Safety Device. I need a Halo! Okay, it looks like a flip-flops, but it could end up saving lives. Most importantly, Raikkonen has confirmed he could see almost everything, which fills us all with confidence. There have been rumours that the Ferrari engine is a bit of a dog, in that it's fast, but it's really flaky. Unreliable. They're going to have braking problems. And braking problems. Mm. Break with the braking. Braking bad. Yes, it breaks badly. Well, I mean, it's, it's that might be one of those things that we can't actually tell until the season gets going, because we haven't actually seen them break down, have we? Where are these rumours coming from? Do we know? Is the, it just from uh, the internet? The, the internet. Ah, yes, <laughs> the source of all rumours. Uh, I mean, I don't think we can really know. I mean. Just to, to answer the question of are they really close to Mercedes, uh, based on my expert opinion, uh, no, but I think they're the top of everybody else. Uh, but don't take my word for it. Karun Chandok, do we remember him? I do. Love you, remember man. him. He drove for uh, someone. And uh, he did a piece for Autosport uh, basically saying that he, as far as he can tell based on testing, there are four distinct groups among the teams in F1 now. Uh, based on what he's been looking at because he's been out there and he's been watching them at different corners and getting into the minutiae of how they're all performing and he reckons the first group is the great which is Mercedes followed by Ferrari Ooh. so he clearly thinks that Ferrari doing pretty well then below that he's got the good which he says is harder to read because Williams don't look as good as Force India Toro Rosso or Red Bull but obviously Williams did alright last year so we'll see and there's a history Williams often in testing don't show their potential and Force India often over-egg it. They do, yeah, Williams do play their cards very close to their chest, don't they? They haven't really been saying much. I mean, should we, should we go on to Williams now? Let's do it. It was another quite positive testing for Williams. They were faster than super soft, but based on what we see in the pre-season testing and my fairly unreliable predictions, I reckon they'll be in the top three again this season. Do you agree? No, I think they'll right. be top five. Oh. And Williams are... Uh, they, they, they've had... They've had a couple of years where they could have been great and now they're going to fade away again. Why won't they be in top three, though? Because I think that another team will be in the top three. Which team? Toro Rosso. Interesting. Well, I mean, Williams last year were sort of perennially nearly there and then kept making silly mistakes. And I think that during testing, they'll have sort of mastered those silly mistakes. And I think we're going to see a higher standard of silly mistakes from them this season. <laughs> They've really nailed their city mistakes. They've nailed down messing I'm, up the strategy. I'm basically repeating your joke. Brilliant. <laughs> you make it funny. As you were saying that, I was thinking it would be a joke here to say that they've doing the mistakes on purpose. And then you did that joke because I was so hungover I couldn't stop myself it's saying the next sentence. always funny to have a joke. The best situation here is to keep talking twice. about it until it gets funnier. Shush. Yep. Okay, Red Bull. I didn't really write anything about Red Bull because it wasn't much exciting happen. I was just thinking how much we all like their livery, and I still like it. Still Every like time it. I see a picture of it, I go, that's really nice. There, there hasn't been too much reported on Red Bull, because we weren't actually at the test. I know, I'm sorry. What? Um, oh, I am. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, shit, were you? Well, that's why you look so tired today, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or was that the drinking? Jet lag. Oh, it was jet lag. From Spain. <laughs> I mean, they, ha- they haven't had a ton of news stories out, have they? And their timings haven't been astounding and Ricardo said on Wednesday so the last but one day of no last but two day the second day of uh, testing that he's not going to get his hopes up about the Australian Grand Prix which 
doesn't bode particularly well if he's sort of saying, you know, happy, happy, confident, optimistic Ricardo is going, eh, I, I, I don't think, think last it's going to be that great. Oh, yep. happy, happy, optimistic. Well, he did so well gone. the season before, didn't he, with exactly. his three wins. Mm. We're still going to see him smiling all the time, though, aren't we? Aren't we? No, I think that I smile's going to oh. look forced. Look at his eyes. He's dead. <laughs> he is dead behind the eyes, yeah. yeah. But why Why a lot of pit practice? Is that because they can't really do any Because they're seven? really good at it. And oh, actually, yeah. you know, if they do a 1.3 second pit stop three times in a race, that's three seconds saved. In fairness, yeah, they have historically been well up there with the with the best, haven't they? They've been sort yeah. of the benchmark for really good pit stops. So if their car's not going that well, yeah, maybe they can snatch a few. Adrian Newey's probably got some whiteboard in his office that works out how much slower the Renault engine is compared to the others. And he goes, all right, it's three seconds a lap slower. So over a race, we need to shave our pit stops down by a minute and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so he's got some crazy aerodynamic... They're all going to come out with, like... They're not even going to pit. They've got they've got a new device that throws the wheels at the car okay. as it comes down the Iron Man style. They're going to the, the pit crew are going to come <laughs> out and <laughs> alongside the track. Okay, so what about Renault? This has uh. been hard work for Renault. Things are going okay for Magnussen, but everything keeps breaking for Palmer. But as Phil said last week, this year is their gap year. But what? And uh, in their defence, they made the car about two weeks before testing kicked off. And I reckon they're going to Melbourne a little bit crushed. What do you think? Well, crushed might be a bit strong. All right. um, I think they'll crushed. probably wish it had gone a little bit better. But I think when they when they factor in the fact that they've only had a few weeks, as you say, to put the car together, Magnussen's actually had a pretty good time. I mean, their, t- their times haven't been outstanding, but they've not been terrible. Uh, yeah. Magnussen's managed more than 100 laps on every testing day he had. Palmer's had a few issues, hasn't managed as, as many, and he's a little bit cheesed off about it. But, um, I mean, Magnussen was quoted as saying that he thinks they're in a battle around the points and maybe just outside it. And he said if they can get both cars in the points in Melbourne, they'll, they'll, they'll be extremely happy with that. It's a bit of an unknown. I mean, we, ha- we haven't before really mentioned that they've got a new team principal, because uh, Cyril Abitabul uh, from last year is gone. And they've got a champion called Frederick Vasseur, who is new to F1, but is very well respected in the, 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 the lower formula of single-seaters. He's, he's been with ART for a long time, and he's got Art. numerous championships. Very uh, fine pieces. Uh, numerous championships with... Uh, Impressionism. Oh, my head, I think Vettel and Hamilton, I think. You know, we're, we're, we're all Monet. with him, I think. So That's right. So um, Toto Wolf called him the smartest guy he's ever known. So he, if anybody can sort of get them going, he should be able to do it, assuming he's not completely overawed by the world of F1. My money, my money this year is on Jolene Palmer breaking. Do you remember when um, Paul DiResta was in Formula One? Yes. And he was told that he wasn't aggressive enough. And then he became a total... <laughs> and he would just be on the radio going, Wow, I can't believe you've not got my pit ready. I can't believe he's doing that. And he just pissed everyone in the team off until they just fired him. And <laughs> Jolene Palmer has been told that, and to his credit, they said his driving is not aggressive enough. Which, to his credit, is that, he, is that, is he no, that's true. That? He was told that. But last year he was doing the but Friday practice, and his, you know, he, you don't want to bin the car on Friday when it's someone else's car so that's why he wasn't being aggressive but he's coming out kind of being like oh and like today he had an interview going oh I'm just already it's been a disaster this test everything's annoying and I think we're going to see the same thing he's going to go down the Porto Resta road of acting like an arse I mean do you think there's a big gap in F1 this year a Maldonado shaped hole yeah. for uh, an absolute loon do you reckon Palmer could be the man to fill that I think he might be the loon well, what about Toro Rosso? Finally, we got to see their new car. I like it. It looks the same, but the bull is musclier. They were definitely one of the more reliable teams, and it all seemed to be going well. Both drivers did loads of laps. Uh, I think, that, were they second to Mercedes? 
At one sounds point. A, sounds about right. Yeah, okay. maybe. Science was speedy on softs. Bit of alliteration. It's easy for you to say. Considering that they got last year's Ferrari engine, I would say that wasn't bad. Well, I think last year's Ferrari engine, as I think we said before, is better than this year's Renault engine. <laughs> but obviously won't be developed. But um, yeah, they're, no, they're looking good. The car, yeah, after all that waiting, does look pretty much the same as last year. I'm pretty sure that they ran out of time to paint the car. And so they went, we're going to have a special dark blue livery for the first test, which was code for, we just haven't got time. Or we didn't realise it's... Uh, Peter does the painting, and his, his wife's having a baby, so uh, you know we couldn't we couldn't make him come in. So um, Nigel did it. Well, if they were spending that time making the car go faster, then I'll, then I'll allow it. Because um, Franz Tost, the boss, is targeting a podium this season, which suggests that he's pretty happy with the way things are going. Because if, if, if things were rubbish, he probably wouldn't say, yeah, we're going to be on the podium. Because Verstappen got two fourths last year. So if they can uh, go a step further, a literal yep. step onto a podium, yep. happy days. What about Force India? They've continued to do all right. Sandbagging. You reckon? Yep. Maybe not quite as impressive as they were in the first testing, um, but still exciting. Not everything can go right, though. There are rumours of sponsorship issues, which in Formula One is the worst news. Well, VJ Malley has gone now, hasn't he? Officially, he's got a golden. He's he he's done everything wrong. So he's 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 been booted out of uh, of any ownership in disgrace with nothing but a seventy-five million dollar golden handshake. Poor I man. Think, I think it's officially called a golden fuck off. <laughs> They've given him a golden fuck off. He's, he's somewhere. He's somehow Shut managed up. to come out smelling of roses. Well, the other half of the team is still owned by Roy Sahara. Roy Sahara, <laughs> who's in jail. He's in. It's the amazing. <laughs> it's, it's an amazing. How 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 they could it's even turn asking up. to be a daytime soap opera, isn't it? I know. Right, Roy Sahara. Right. So um. Yeah, the fact that they're still churning out a, a decent car is... It actually seems to be really good. Yeah, it's just weird. But their team, when it was Spiker, Jordan, whatever, have a history of being uh, a little low on fuel on the test to make their car look good. And in the same way that Williams always go, we don't give a shit about times. So I think I think they're in their usual place, fifth, sixth. Okay. Um, what about McLaren? Now, oh. to me, it looks like they've pulled themselves together a bit. They've had new parts. In fact, they've almost had a new car. Uh, apparently, Honda fixed an engine problem that was there all last year. Well, hang was on. Chuffed. That was a pretty big problem. Yeah, yeah button was chuffed. Um, but I was like, hang on. If it was there all last year, surely they should have fixed it quite a while ago. So I'm not sure why it was chuffed. Uh, and Alonso says he thinks he can be world champion again. Well, well, yeah. Personally. Well, he's, I, I, I can't remember exactly. The, didn't he say he's either going to be world champion again or he might sod off in 2017 if the rules are still stupid? I think he said, I'm going to be world champion or I might not. Don't know. <laughs> or I might leave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not, not quite as terrible as last week. So basically, they are a vast improvement on last year. They've got an engine that works. They've got a car that drives. And yet they're still, you know, not great. Slow. Yeah. Compared to all the other cars, they're rubbish. But compared to last year's McLaren, they're amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, this is true. I mean, maybe they won't be as slow as Manor. Boulier said that uh, the full 2016 spec car won't arrive until Australia. So they're going to go into the race weekend with loads of bits they haven't tried yet. I mean, that can't possibly be a good sign, can it? They've homogenated... Homologoogulated. Homologoogulated the engine, which is still down on power. So, you know, they'll use turbines over the year. They'll upgrade it, but... And they have As got their new boss in place. And I was listening to the BBC uh, report on the way to recording this podcast. And they said that uh, under the new guy, Hasu uh, Yasuki Hasegawa, apparently 
he's made a few shuffles around within the Honda team and it's quite positive according to the people at McLaren so maybe they're finally getting their act together yeah is this the same people at McLaren who said there was going to be a podium by Spain last year no that was Ron I think that was just Ron on his own there was a lot of I read an article about them saying we're going to be alright for Australia it's, it still had that same kind of feeling of just you wait and it's like <laughs> I'm sorry no Boyle cried wolf no sorry <laughs> still reckon I'll be beaten by it Haas this year? Don't know. I'm. I'm. Uh, I mean, we'll get to Haas uh, in a bit, but uh, they, haven't, they they haven't looked quite as splendid as they did in the first week. So I don't know. I'll be. Uh, I'm intrigued to see. I really hope McLaren can pull it out because they are a great team with a great history. You know, for all it providing a huge amount of comedy material for us, it's sad to see them at the back struggling. Um, so I'd like them to. I think get their this year again. they're going to be kind of midfield. And I think next year they're going to be... Champions. No, probably oh. third. And then Alonso and Button will quit. They'll be retired or fired. And then the car will be great again in a couple of years with new drivers. Some we don't even know now. They'll be champions again in a few years. And Button and Alonso will just be kind of sat there going, should have been me. So can we get your predictions for the 2022 no, we'll season now? Later, yes. Okay, what about Sauber? What about no. Sauber? I don't well, we've seen their car at last. This is very true. They finally revealed it. They haven't come in with a, with a 1972 March no. with a couple of extra bits on it. But in terms of their performance, I don't want to sound like I know what I'm talking about, but this is what happens when you miss a testing. Yes. You've got no idea what your car's going to do. Two weeks before the first real race, Ericsson had loads of problems with his engine. One of his wheels came off at one point, although I'm not sure if that's a car problem. Uh, well, I mean, it's a pretty bit. I think it's a bit of a problem with the car <laughs> if the wheel's fallen off. Yeah, they had power unit issues on day two. Day, two, day one seemed to go all right, and then day two, uh, literally, the wheel fell off the wagon. But having said that, both Ericsson and NASA both said that the car feels like a step forward and is more predictable. What that means exactly? Well, I safely predict they'll be last. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Confidence from Thanks. Terry. What about Manor? They've, been, they've had a few problems this week. They've not really done very well in terms of getting the car out. Their drivers are a bit rubbish, without much personality. It seems they've got a decent engine, but their car is very safe. It's very boring. It's very cheap. I reckon Will Stevens sold it to him. It'd be great to see him get some points, wouldn't yeah. it? But I can't really see him getting any more than that. It'll be an interesting sort of little test bed to see how how Verline and Harrianto go. It'll on. be nice if they're just not like four seconds off the pace. If they're just like yeah. there or there. If they're anything other than mobile chicanes, yeah. it's a, it's a win. Well. Let's move on to. I've got no idea how to say this now because we've said it in so many different ways. Yes, Arissa. Yes. Seems like they experienced what is commonly known as, well, I've never used this expression, <laughs> the difficult second test. That well-known phrase. <laughs> I, I've read that somewhere. I nicked it, all right? Uh, they had loads of problems, a lot of red flags. They had Ferrari power issues, and their fuel sensor and turbo unit broke. I think they only managed one lap on day two. Uh, they were really slow. Well, it feels like what they've done is, have you ever bought something second-hand? And years ago, me and a flatmate, bought uh, a PlayStation 2 off eBay and we went to the guy's house to pick it up and we got there and it was like a family home and they had the PlayStation there and they had a game playing and they were like oh here it is it's all working and we're like oh fantastic so we bought it took it home and it turns out pretty much 7 in 10 times games wouldn't load you had to constantly play with the disc so what they'd done is they'd got a game working, said leave it until they get here, right, and do it. And I think that's what Haas, Ferrari have done with Haas. They've sold them a bunch of parts. Haas have gone, well, this all seems to work fine. Yeah, here's your money. And then the second test, all the bits just falling apart. And Ferrari are going, yeah, 
you silly sods. Spe- speaking as an overly aggressive man, surely, surely Haas now know where Ferrari live, and they can go and you know. Yeah, but Gene throw Haas. Eggs this, at them. Gene Haas this week has done an interview where he's gone. Oh, Formula One's a bit overwhelming, isn't it? I was. He quite sounds amusing. like me in a burrito bar. <laughs> so I, go, I just, I got there. I got into Formula One, and it was just like really confusing. <laughs> I thought that was really sweet and you know not these big headed people that don't you know oh we're better than that no so yeah. what he thought it's really bloody hard yeah. <laughs> it hasn't stopped uh, some of the commenters on racer.com which is America's one of America's leading motorsport things all the Americans are saying they should bring over some good old boys from NASCAR to sort it all out but yeah he does seem to have sort of he, he used the word himself say he'd been naive about just how technically challenging it was and after the first test I think we we were all very impressed with how well yeah. they did and it's been a bit of a rude awakening uh, in the second week but um, I mean still not terrible but yeah day one fuel system issues day two turbo issues day three brake issues they're not going to finish a race until the third race no I don't my think prediction. so no I think so I think at least one of their drivers will finish the first race nope. I'll do you an accumulator <laughs> with Hamilton for world champion <laughs> all we've got time for we are going to have a bonus episode before we move on to Australia but first of all I want you guys predictions for the Australian Grand Prix oh, we, haven't done a, we haven't done predictions for a while no. okay so right. winner will be um, Lewis Hamilton pole position will be no actually no Rosberg's going to win oh, really? Rosberg's going to carry on his form from last season this is madness you're changing your mind halfway through yeah this is <laughs> unprecedented <laughs> pole will be Rosberg okay Rosberg will win the race second will be Raikkonen oh and third will be Verstappen oh okay Uh, um I'm gonna I'm gonna shake it up after last season I'm gonna say Paul will be Hamilton ooh the winner will be Hamilton. Ooh. Rosberg will be second. Ooh. Huh? And third Ooh. will be Sebastian Vettel. Oh, God. Hello, okay. my name's Phil. I've gone for the statistically most obvious answer. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, thanks for asking, um, in poll, I reckon it'll be Rosberg. But I think Hamilton will win. Ooh. And then I think Vettel. And then I think probably Rosberg. Okay. Well, that's not radically different from mine. No, I know. And yeah, you're not. Terry, you're not having a go at Chica. I am inside. So we're out of time. Goodbye to Phil Tromans. What haven't we had time for? We haven't had time to talk about the fact that there's a new Alessi in Formula One. Uh, Jean's 16-year-old son, Giuliano Alessi, has been signed as a Ferrari development driver, um, as has a chap called Charles Leclerc. Uh, both are driving in GP3 this year, and we might see Leclerc doing some Friday practices with Haas during the season. And goodbye to Terry Saunders. Well, we also haven't spoken really about... I know we've had a lot of talk about qualifying, but we haven't really spoken about the fact that they're bringing in the whole... every format they've ever thought of at once. And this is going to be a very interesting first race. If it happens. Which it might not. But it will. If it can. And I'm Chikrez. We'll be back next week. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Fuck off. Podcast Network.